0: Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You've already heard my guest talking, but maybe not because the mic was by his feet. But, uh, you know, there was a review on iTunes recently that said, I used to love Earl's podcast. He had 80s metal people that I grew up listening to, and now it's just a bunch of unknown roast battlers and comics I don't know, (laughs) unsubscribed. And I left it up, Actually, I can't take him down, but I would leave my bad <laughs> reviews up because I want warts and all. So I'm assuming if this person's going to listen, he's probably going to not listen because he doesn't know who my next guest is. But that's the whole point of the podcast, you fool! Is you get to know who they are and then you become fans of theirs. How many people heard of Tony Hinchcliffe before Joe Rogan? A few, but now they. Tony's got a career because he went on Joe's podcast. Joey Diaz, a lot of people didn't know who he was. Same thing. Tom Segura, Duncan Trussell, Ari Shaffir. Now I'm not putting my podcast on the level of Papa Joe's because Papa Joe is the king of the mountain and there ain't no getting ahead of Papa Joe on that mountain. True. If Joe wants you ahead of him, he'll put you ahead of him. It's the same principle in this podcast. I expose my funny friends. Comedy store guys, improv girls, Laugh back. well, maybe not Laugh Factory people. They're out of control over there. Half their lineups are Instagram models and buffoons who were extras in a Rob Schneider movie. Oh, wait, that was me. Never mind. My bad. My bad. Put your hands together for the one, the only, a comedy store favorite. He'll be a paid regular one day and you go, oh, that's the guy I saw or listened to on Inappropriate Earl, Mr. Hormoz Rashidi. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. Thank yeah. you. Everyone Please, be cool. Now, you. what I love about this is how long have we known each other? Six, seven years, something like that. And I Since always, I moved out to L.A. But I always say this is we've known each other for six or seven years, but I know nothing about you. Yeah, very little. You know, you see each other at the comedy store. What's up, dude? Fist bump. You I know, you, know your jokes. Well, yeah. But I'm sorry not, about that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you got to go to the greatest hits at the comedy store. I yeah. Mean, which is why you hear a lot of the same jokes. I think Rogan said it maybe a year ago. And I always feel sorry for the people who work at the comedy store because I do do a lot of the same jokes. Because you have to go with what works. Good. Yeah. You know, you just Especially have Especially
1: when you're on a lineup with, like, the monsters of comedy. Like, I
0: mean, yeah. I don't have a spot tonight. But uh, I'll be judging roast battle, but Papa Bear going back to the fold temporarily. But the lineup tonight might be the greatest lineup I've ever seen. It's uh, look at the marquee. It's Rogan, Dalia, I think uh, Whitney, uh, Sebastian, uh, Joey. Yeah, Sebastian and Diaz. Yeah. I mean, wow, that's crazy. That's probably probably just got released that lineup
1: because it's Tuesday. Right. And uh, and it probably just sold out immediately. As soon as that tweet went out, I bet it sold out.
0: But I'm assuming someone along the lines of, like, not me, but me or or Joe Dosh or Candace Mm -hmm. Thompson, or someone's going to have to go on toward the end of that lineup. Yeah. And uh, you can't do new material. You just just can't. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, you can, but...
1: If the one person I see doing new material late in front of nobody... Sometimes and making that group of nobody laugh, Punky Johnson. Oh yeah, Punky I, I, is just like she just talks in her regular voice off stage, and you're like, okay, so that's a new bit. And it's like, no, nah. yeah, Punky's amazing.
0: Oh, there's so many good late night comics: Jamar Neighbors, yeah, uh, you know Joe Dosh. yeah, uh, Earl Skakel. O- I mean. Uh- Oh, I have uh, someone asking already, can uh, you get them a booth for free? So, uh Yeah. Yeah, just 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 uh, mention my name. Um, b- but you'll see when you get past, you'll probably go on late. For and sure, I, I
1: hope I can't yeah.
0: Well, I think uh, Adam when I first got past started putting me on early and uh not that I didn't do well, but you know, you, I think you definitely have uh yeah, sweet spots where you're going to do better. And I I would say I do better later. Yeah. Um, Yeah, me too. I bet. I I mean,
1: like, because when you go up early, you can't be as hard.
0: But it's weird, though. Softer. What I did like about going up earlier is the crowd's totally on board, like, in terms of listening. Yeah. And it almost threw me off. There's still a full crowd,
1: too, when you go up early.
0: And they're fresh. Yeah. Like, they haven't heard one, where are you from? Hey, you look like the guy from this. Uh, You know, you smoke weed or, you know, whatever. Yeah uh and know. now
1: there's door guys to cold open too so that first spot isn't even cold opening anymore they get brought up
0: i mean the door guys doing the cold open it's got to be the toughest spot on the lineup just because that's right when they're getting their drink orders yeah. so it's just like, yeah
1: but it's great oh yeah and such that's, a great addition to the door guys getting spots like
0: that, that was a great come up I mean, that's just another thing Adam, the uh, talent coordinators, uh, put yeah, he, into play.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I heard back in the day Mitzi used to do it,
0: and then it went away, and then Adam brought it back. That's great. Now, you've showcased uh, a, a door guy showcase. Yeah. Uh, what uh, was that like? Because that's your main... You know, people don't... It was... Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was uh, I was
1: nervous, but it, it went... You know, the first time, it went pretty good, but... Uh,
0: How did you prepare for it? Because it's five minutes. For those uh, wondering what is a showcase at the comedy store. I just just went through what I thought my strongest
1: jokes were that would kill the hardest. And and I worked them out a couple times, a few times that week. And then, you know, went up and did them. and, And it went pretty good. Uh, it just Punky also showcased that same showcase, and she just murdered the room. Like, the room was shaking uh, after Punky's. So it was like, it was like if only one person gets passed, which is most likely because there aren't that many spots to go around, I was like, it's going to be Punky. And I wasn't surprised. And then my second showcase just, I don't know, just didn't go as good. They just didn't like me. You know, sometimes you, you win some, you lose some. And I knew going in, I was like, I'm definitely not getting passed on that one. So... Yeah, well, uh the next one maybe.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, uh how long have you been doing stand up? 8 years. Which is right around I think when you hit your peak of your voice. Or not your peak, but uh, you know, Adam Sandler once told me and I'm not name dropping, but it's just who told me, uh he said it took him 9 years to finally feel comfortable on stage and find what he wanted to do.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know. I feel like I'm doing good right now, I, I but we'll see, you know. I'm just happy to be, you know, getting the spots I'm getting right now and, and you know, got to just bank on the fact that one
0: day it'll happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all about persistence in this yeah. game and uh, you're a young dude. Yeah, I'm
1: not giving up. For sure. So well, it's I'm like too, a matter of time.
0: I always tell people I'm too dumb to quit. I mean, it's like
1: There's just nothing else to do. I mean. I just don't want uh, to. I've. I've I had a job in working for a, a, play, a, a non-profit organization that I felt passionate about and stuff, but it was a job, and I didn't want to keep doing it. This
0: is just living the dream, you know? Uh, Mary Bird Stevens is chiming in saying, hello, Hormos. What up? Uh, well, I don't, especially at the comedy store, because it's, it's the number one club on earth. Yeah. I mean, it really is. That's not yeah. some... And it's know, the most fun place to hang out at and the talent level there is I, insane it's this is the greatest group of door i I don't want to say door guys because it's like there's a couple girls too but yeah door people yeah there's I've, door people now i've ever seen uh
1: yeah it's a great group of door guys like and
0: they're all working like you know got jessica wellington out with whitney cummings you yeah. know uh Delia takes out some door guys uh you know yeah. uh Bill Burr takes out, uh, you know, a lot of comics uh, yeah. from the store. So it's just even like last night, you know, it's, just, it's, it's potluck. It's all the paid regulars. It's the door guys. It's like you just feel so motivated. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's such a fun place. Yeah, it's like an NFL combine. It's like, my God, there's a funny guy over there, a funny girl over there. Uh, what got you into stand-up? I, I
1: always loved it, but just growing up. Uh, it never seemed like a, a an actual option because I was, you know, growing up an Iranian American kid, like it was like doctor or lawyer. And then uh, after college, I was just doing whatever I could to not go to law school. Where did you go to college? UC Berkeley. And then, and then I was a poli sci major. So after college, I worked at a record shop for a little bit. And then I went to DC and worked for a, Nonprofit, the national iranian american council mainly like trying to stop war with between u.s and iraq because i mean iran because at that time bush was in office and it seemed like a war with iran was possible
0: (laughs) it might be even more possible now yeah now that trump's yeah for sure are we hated over there
1: i think the people aren't hated the government is for sure hated because of numerous things the u.s government's done to iran In particular, in 1953, Iran had a democratic government that was about to nationalize the oil industry and take money away from U.S. corporations, basically. And the U.S. CIA went in and took down that democratically elected government, put the king, the Shah, Shah. back in. And ever since then, Iranians haven't trusted uh, America Forever, Iranians haven't trusted foreign invaders because it's always constantly Iran's been invaded by Russia, the British. everybody's wanted that area because it's a huge trading trade route. but um but yeah, so I always wanted to do stand up. and then uh, one year for my new year's resolution, uh, i I said, I want to do stand up comedy this year. I just want to try it. And I was living in d c working at this nonprofit. And then towards the end of the year, like around October, my ex gave me a little joke book and she was like, hey, write some jokes down in this. You said you were going to go up before the end of the year. You have like two more months. Do it. And I was like, okay. Like I did say I wanted to do it 10 months earlier. So I watched a bunch of my favorite comics again, like all of the Chris Rock stuff again and just analyzed how joke structure works, you know? like different kinds, like, Oh, why, why was that funny? Oh, the misdirection? Why was that funny? Cause it was poignant and, and spoke a truth about, you know? And I started like analyzing the world in these ways, almost like watching comedy was like my comedy class. And then I just wrote jokes. And then I went to an open mic in Washington DC at Sully's in U street corridor, like the, uh, it's a really popping area now. It's, it was like pretty cool then, but now it's become like hipster central, and, and I did an open mic and it went good. And then I went and told my ex, I was like, I was like, Hey, uh, I'm gonna, I, I want to focus on this. I was like, I was like, I found something I love. I want to focus on this and, uh, moved to New York, uh, where I was just doing, I just tried to get as many spots as I could and just went up and open mics and stuff. And then, uh, me and my ex, we split up because she was in law school and I was constantly doing open mics and just, you know, it was destined to fail. And then uh, lived lived in New York for a couple years, ran out of all my money, then moved to L.A. because that's where my family was. And then I've been out here for the
0: last, like, six years. And I always ask people this who are comedy store, uh, you know, people, what, is there's a couple other clubs you could go to? There's the Improv, there's the Laugh mm-hmm. Factory, there's... To a much, much lesser degree, Sal's Comedy Hall, which I think is... That's still open? It, well, it's the Vienna Cafe now, but it's like... The food's know. not bad. Food's not bad. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. In all seriousness, Sal, the owner, has always been great to me. Yeah. Always given me stage... I don't stage. really know him. I don't think anyone does. So. Yeah. But he's always given me stage time. And uh, yeah. you know. And then you've got the Ice House in Pasadena, Herm- uh, Hermosa Magic, and uh, Hermosa. I feel like if your name is Sal... You're, you're a
1: good guy to be around, but you got a dark side. Every Sal's got a dark side.
0: Well, I've never seen a guy smile so much while losing so much money. I, and yeah. it's literally, I walk in there and every time I see him, I thought I was in the episode of The Shield where it's the Armenian money train. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but, you know, and then... Uh, Is Sal Armenian? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, but what called you to the comedy store? Because I felt like the comedy store called me. Like, it's like there's a well, homing I mean, listen, device.
1: Listening to, like, Marin's podcast talk about the comedy store and just, like, the history of the comedy store as, like, you know, as a comedy nerd and a, a young comedian when I came out to L.A., you know, I went to the comedy store first. But also the improv and Laugh Factory. I went to, I went to every open mic. I went to everywhere that would have me. The comedy store was the first place that i got up quickly at the open mic and i did and and i did pretty good everybody has bad experiences at the comedy store they're like it it took years before i met any friends it was terrible when i came it was like mostly comics because potluck wasn't popping back then
0: it was empty an empty (laughs) what year was this about 2011 yeah that's like the the maybe the peak of the
1: the, tommy was running the place into the the evilness yeah And, and I showed up and I did, and the comics liked me. It it was the opposite of everybody else's experience. Like, like they were like everybody's haters there, blah, blah, blah. And everybody was saying that they hated the place, like, because they were so mean there and stuff, but everybody was really nice to me. I actually showed up like one week after Angelo Bowers had died.
0: The great, uh, for those of you not knowing who Angelo was, uh, probably the funniest unknown comic I've ever seen. Like, uh, he was one of the few people you would see at potluck in the mid to late 2000, say seven to eleven era, and, mm-hmm. and you'd stop and watch him. Like he was just like Mitch Hedberg. I
1: never saw him. Oh my god! But this... I heard he was great. I heard I heard Gerard and him would just go up with new material every mic and just murder.
0: Just joke after joke going. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. And I rarely say that about anyone's material. Like oh, I, like Holtzman is another one where it's like damn that's it's a wow Holtzman yeah, so twisted yeah so uh <laughs> but so you you uh yeah because I left the store after uh, a few times doing it when I first got up there I was like this place is too much for me yeah no it went I I loved it and and I was
1: like You know, staying at my brother's, living out of my car when I first came out here. So having the comedy store is this place where I could go smoke weed in the back, have a place to go write. During the day, if I had nowhere to go, I could just go hang out at the comedy store and, and write in one of the empty rooms. It was really like a clubhouse for comics, and I remember... When I, like the first day I was there, I got up at the open mic and then, and then I saw Sam Tripoli and I'd met him like years earlier somewhere, but I was like, Hey Sam. And then he, and then he was, and he showed me around and showed me where I could smoke weed and where everything was safe and stuff. And I immediately just felt at home there. And, uh, yeah, it's been my home
0: ever since it's my favorite place. Oh, it's like just a hubbub of Creativity and, and and greatness, and it's not just famous comics. It's people of our fame level, which is basically yeah. no fame. Yeah, uh, the people you don't know are amazing. <laughs> you know? Oh, the funniest people I know uh, are, you know, not necessarily known, like a Jason Galern, Yeah. Uh, you know, just the you know, Holtzman. Uh, you know, just like so many to name that should yeah. be fame. I, I mean, I don't know what famous is. To some people it's roast battle famed some people it's you know getting on a show like I'm dying up here or whatever uh but uh, it's just there's not one bad comic on the lineups these days yeah so it's intimidating i get nervous every time i'm up there really oh my god like you don't want to bomb up there yeah there's so few spots to go around that you know i think Adam understands you know whether it's you me or whoever that you know, anyone can have a bad night, but man, a bad night at the store, you just stand out. Yeah. You know, it's just like, wow. It's, it's like being in the pros, NBA or NFL. So, where else do you go up to fine tune your craft before you hit the store? Um,
1: Hyperion. Uh, Hyperion Tavern on Thursdays. Jay Light runs the mic there.
0: The legendary Jay Light. Jay season two roast battle fame. I think, I think he was in season one. Road to roast battle two. To
1: full discretion, I think both seasons.
0: You know roast battles. <laughs>
1: you know it's a blur to me. But uh, but yeah, that that open mic is is pretty brutal. But I like it.
0: And uh, but better to I'm not saying you, but better to bomb there yeah you know uh that's why that's why i don't really worry as much about bombing
1: at the comedy store because like i do jokes that are that i know do good i like i at the comedy store like especially opening up a show or somewhere in a tough situation i always try and do jokes i know do good and also i know that as bad as it could go there it's not worse than when i do it at at the open mic then nobody's paying attention like like you do open mics to like experience the worst case scenario already. Oh, for sure. Know?
0: Yeah, I mean that's why when I go on late night, it's like this is not easy. But like, you know how many times I've been in a bar show, right? Where they're playing darts or watching the hockey game right, or pool. Uh, yeah, this is. Yeah. Uh, I'm good.
1: Yeah, in the hockey game, you're like you're watching the yeah, hockey I game mean, too.
0: Even while I'm <laughs> on stage, I'm like, hey, can you guys <laughs> quiet down? Uh, <laughs> Kopitar is about to score.
1: One thing that I don't know. Get it? Get, say it, man. This is inappropriate, All right. Earl. All right, this is inappropriate. This might be inappropriate to say because it's an institution at the comedy store that I think should be changed. <laughs> and it's there should be, and I know, and I know this is this might be something dear to your heart too. That's why I'm like, I don't know if I should even say it. But say it. There I, shouldn't be. There's too many great comics at the comedy store for there to be lip singing at the end of the night at the comedy store on any given night. And and that and that's the thing. Like the the whole. Uh, but playing '90s songs and lip singing thing when comics like Jesus Treo or or yourself might not be might not be able to do a Fallout spot that night because of it is ridiculous.
0: Well, um, you know, uh, it's uh, you know, everyone's uh got their take on things. I mean, I know, uh, I'm not saying you're right or wrong. But, you know, I know some people uh don't like roast battle. It's not comedy. It's just insult. Uh, you That's know? up in the belly room, but no. I mean, I'm just saying. I, I don't tell anyone they're right or wrong. Yeah. Like, I'm uh, saying, like the original room show
1: at the end of it, unless there's no more paid regulars waiting around for a fallout spot, they should always have fallouts at the end of the show.
0: Well, there's too uh, many great comics not getting enough spots. I mean, I, I uh, you know, don't know the uh, the inner workings of how that works. <laughs> Makes no sense how I just said that, but uh, yeah, me neither. You know, uh, the spots are tied at the store. That I, I will agree with you there. I mean, uh, it, it's, I mean, you could literally never have another showcase the rest of our natural born lives, and there's still not enough spots,
1: yeah. Uh, no, for sure. That's that's why I like, yeah,
0: no, no, I, I understand, you know, uh, your point of view. Um,
1: and it's not even for me, I'm not even, uh, you know, I might die before I get past at the comedy store, but I have friends who who deserve more spots. Whatever. That's
0: not a, that's not. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we all want more spots. I remember when I got passed, uh, I was walking. It's so weird how you can remember something that, like like it happened a minute ago. Uh, I didn't know I was going to get passed or not, but I felt, you know. Me and Candace probably are the two best sets. Yeah, uh, I remember
1: you know. that. I, I thought the same thing.
0: But I mean, it's you know, who knows? It's subjective. Maybe Adam needed, you know, I don't know, a gay dude, and you know, and I, that I, was I, you. I, or, oh, yeah. Hello. <laughs> uh, and I remember telling Tony and Jesus Treo they were walking with me to Carney's, and I'm like, dude, I'll just be happy if I get on a Wednesday spot at one in the morning. That's me, yeah. dude. Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, and Tony just looked at me and was like, that that'll change in about a month of you getting past. And he's right. You, you, yeah. want, you got one spot, you want two. You get two, you want three. Uh, yeah. I know people who bug at Adam, they get three spots a week, they want four. Uh it's like do you not un- look at this no, lineup? No, for sure. For uh, sure. And it's a, it's a thankless
1: job too because you're always going to want more or you're you're going to fail at this business because You know, you got to keep striving for more.
0: Yeah, you should want four spots a week or or whatever, but you also have to put yourself in Adam's position. Uh, Even Monday nights doing uh, development spots, you know, which is basically the first step into getting past. It's like there's probably 50 people who deserve development spots, maybe 10 are given in a week you know less than that for sure but yeah i mean I, I like for for monday potluck or gen, gen well i mean for monday that? potluck i mean he maybe does, he does three like three or four yeah uh but it, i mean and the, then the
1: rest of the week probably another 20
0: yeah out of probably right. you know but the monday ones are the only ones he watches but but in one week uh you know let's say there's 20 development spots yep. there's probably a hundred people worthy of getting those for sure yeah uh, and you know I don't think there's one unfunny door person. Like, yeah. Uh, so, like, how many employees are there? 40, 40 door guys? Oh, no, not that many. 30, 30 uh, ish? 20 something, 30. I mean, all are worthy of being passed. Yeah. You know, uh, some might be more ready than others, but like, what do you do? I mean, you can't pass, you know, oh, everyone. Yeah. So, uh, sure. just uh, trying to give you guys, the viewers, a, uh, insiders look of just how competitive the yeah. uh, LA comedy market is. So, uh, you know, when you see people on stage, uh, appreciate what they're trying to do because it's fucking hard. It's the hardest job in the world what we do. And uh, first co- hardest job comedian, right?
1: I, second I mean, hardest job, firefighters, right when there's like a wildfire right after comedian. That's the second hardest. Well, I mean... We're uh, heroes, but they are also, like, slightly less heroes.
0: Well, I went to a... Uh, <laughs> I'm not name-dropping here. It. It's just where I was at last night was, you know, Rob Riggle did a um, a, uh, a a charity event for veterans. And, uh, you know, you see guys walking around with no legs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's one guy I was talking to. I I didn't even realize he was standing up, but he had two prosthetics on, but I didn't even realize that, you know, you're just so caught up in his story. Those guys are the heroes and girls. Yeah. Uh, But in terms of like taking the serious stuff out of life, I I do think stand-up's the hardest profession. I think, I think it's
1: pretty it's hard to be really good at it. It's hard to make it a profession, you know, to be one of those headliners who are putting out like what Rogan's doing right now, every couple of years putting out really good specials or what Burr has been doing like that is like super difficult. And, and to, but to strive for that, it's almost not even difficult because it's so fun and there's no other option. You know, it's like being an NBA basketball player, I imagine is crazy difficult, but like, but, if you're but but it's like they have no choice, you know? It's like they're it's what they love to do, oh yeah, I
0: mean, yeah. it's to see what Sebastian's doing, but they
1: say it is the most f- thing the thing most people are afraid of is speaking in public
0: because I don't think people get it that like you know you and I can make each other laugh because we know each other. Yeah, but you know you walk out on stage tonight or tomorrow at either Lyric Hyperion or the store in the main room. That crowd doesn't know you. They're they're not going to be on board initially. It's like, all right, who are you? Make us laugh. I just saw Joe Rogan. Who are you? Right, Uh, yeah. So you've got like a minute or two. Yeah. And then they tune out and they wait for the next act. Uh, Yeah, it's true. So what's your your, uh, writing process? And before you answer this question, this is where I cut off the Facebook live feed because if you want to hear the answer to this question, You got to listen on iTunes. It's what they call in the business a teaser. But before we get to that answer, where can people find you? Hormones, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff.
1: On Twitter and Instagram, it's at nothormones. So spell that for my fan base. At At N-O-T-H-O-R-M-O-N-E-S. Like like hormones, like hormone therapy doctors and stuff. I wanted to be at hormones because growing up I got made fun of. I was like, I'm going to own it. But then uh, there was a trans therapy doctor who already had the at hormones. So I went with at not hormones. Uh, and that's on Twitter and Instagram. And then on Facebook, it's just hormones Rashidi uh you better spell that but the uh same boss. But I, I, i'm not gonna if i don't know you already i'm not gonna add you as so, a fan. there's too many so just
0: uh, just go on twitter and instagram you lost uh, out on uh, facebook if you don't know him he ain't even gonna bother with you yeah we gotta
1: actually know each other there's too many hundreds of people and it's like i can't let
0: bots and stuff in on my facebook it's just yeah you know. uh where are you, any big shows before we cut the facebook life we want to see uh, uh, people can see you at not that i know of let me think what am I doing? All right, well, we'll come yeah. up with some big shows, and yeah, you got to find that on iTunes. But Hormos is a good dude. Follow him. Uh, become a fan of his. And uh, like I said in the beginning, uh, you're going to remember him when he gets passed at the store or gets on TV and go, oh, my God, that's the guy that was on Earl's podcast. Uh, so, and I want you to answer this question at the countdown of one. What is your writing process? Five, four, three. Two, one, biff. Uh,
1: I don't really know if I have a writing process. I always have my joke book on my coffee table. It's always there. I watch and I try and read a lot of news coverage and stuff and watch a lot of news uh, stuff like Vice and stuff and always trying to think of ways to make like the darkest, most awful shit that's happening in the world funny because that's kind of like what my favorite shit is is like saying really awful shit or mentioning something that's awful going on in the world but getting people that somehow finding the cheat code that goes from that to laughter you know
0: but uh like since you grew up in a politically charged uh, environment You know, in the country, were you born in Iran? I was born
1: in Iran, moved here, moved to Italy when we were two, and to America when I was like about three. Okay, I've been
0: in America my whole life, basically. Uh, but I don't like remember anything else. but you followed uh what was going on in your home country yeah yeah that's
1: like what i i studied in college a lot and and you know read up on it and stuff yeah did
0: you want to be like when you first started like when i first started i wanted to be like dice clay, like, really dirty and and just like out there and then... yeah i mean Jesselnik was my favorite guy
1: when i first started cuz he doesn't give a he fuck he doesn't give a fuck and his joke writing is just the sharpest edge, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, it, there's just an economy of words. You, you know, you just like, it's the shortest path to the the best twist. Uh, so yeah, Justin like was like my favorite guy.
0: But Spanish. did you want to like, in terms of style, uh, you know, like there's political comics like Mort Saul or, you know, there's, uh, people like Jasmine like, who's not necessarily political. No. Uh,
1: yeah, I was always like, I was always more, like my favorite is like, I think my my favorites are like Chappelle, Carlin, and Rock. And I would say Carlin is probably, you know, stylistically the guy like I was most influenced by. Because his Back in Town album, like uh, I think it came out like right around 93 when, when Clinton was in office and like, you know, the Moral Majority had, had come in with Newt Gingrich and stuff. And it was like a very politically charged environment and, and his jokes about abortion and capital punishment and stuff kind of shaped my political views growing up. And then I always re-listened to that, that album growing up way before I even considered being a comic. And I think like that probably, cause it's like for Carlin, it's like the joke is first, like the laughter is the most important thing. Right. But underneath the laughter
0: is like great material. See to me, the joke is last, and it's the performance.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and that's great too, but that's why George Carlin was on this other level. Because it's like there's guys like Bill Maher who are political comics, but th- they don't make me laugh. You know, he you know? just like 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 sometimes there's a few jokes, and I'm sure back in the day there was more jokes and less politics, but like, but like. I don't know, like Chris Rock's Bring the Pain and uh, Bigger and Blacker, like the bit about uh, they're never going to cure AIDS because there's no money in the cure. You know, what, you know the drug dealer always makes his money on, like, the, on the next one. And it's like that was a super political joke about our political system and our healthcare system hidden within sure. his set, you know, like versus somebody like Bill Maher or what's his name, the black guy, W. Kumal Bell. Right. who like just comes up and it's like, it's not jokes. It's just like preaching to the choir or whatever things. And that's fine too. But uh, there's something, I don't know, that I appreciate more. But that's why I think Chris Rock at his peak was like maybe the best ever. Those two albums, Bring the Pain, Bigger and Blacker, I was like two years back-to-back monster, nonstop laughter and hidden political opinions that like you know seep in because you're just laughing you don't even realize that through the laughter that's not your new opinion you know
0: yeah i think rock combines the best of being serious and the absurdity yeah uh, like to me bill maher and he's great you know yeah he's great i
1: watch his show every week but i watch it because i'm a political i'm a fan of political tv
0: you know well he just seems to me he seems almost like a little bitter it's like what are you bitter about dude
1: i don't think he's bitter i think he's actually afraid for the country you know i think he's afraid that donald trump is not going to step aside if he loses another the next election and that the democracy will collapse i don't know i don't i have more faith in the institutions of the government i think that you know the 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 secret service is going to stop being (laughs) <laughs> you know, having their allegiance to Trump and start having their allegiance to whoever gets elected next. Uh, if that happens.
0: But, well, uh, who knows? I mean, uh, I don't think there's anyone, uh, that can beat Trump. Like, Oh, I do. I think there's a lot of people who can
1: beat Trump. They, I think Hillary Clinton can't beat Trump. And if they run Hillary Clinton,
0: they'll lose. I mean, but, I look at the Democrats now, uh, like Biden I love Biden but he's I, I just don't
1: Biden's not the best but I think Biden would probably win. Bernie's too old but I still think Bernie would probably win. Anybody somebody like Bernie or Elizabeth Warren I think would win just because they would be able to stand up and say what they believe and and actually make points against what he what what trump's standing for and be like a counterbalance versus somebody like hillary who you could always be like hey uh you said to goldman sachs that there's a public image and a private image and that you really fight for them like well there's there's nothing like that for bernie there's nothing like that for elizabeth warren the worst you can say about elizabeth warren is she was like she said she was native american and the dna test showed that she was like 0.01 or something like
0: that you know like very little native american I mean, I think you got to throw someone who's really good looking at Trump because I'm, I'm being just to throw him off because that's his thing is he likes to bully people on their looks. Elizabeth Warren's old. Biden looks like shit. But but I
1: don't think he'd be able to. I don't think he'd be able to bully Elizabeth Warren. I don't think he'd be able to bully uh, Bernie. See, I think he could bait them. Yeah. I mean, they would stand up to him. I think they would have great lines just attacking him. Like Bernie would be like, we're trying to have Medicare for all. And he would be it would be this other thing that's populist also. And Trump would be saying, let's have uh, tax cuts for all. Like it's also a populist message, but it's on the Republic, it's on the conservative side. It would be two two populist messages competing against each other. Same thing with Elizabeth Warren. She's she's more of a populist than somebody like Biden, who's like more of just regular establishment Democratic,
0: corporate Democrat. I mean, I want to see Biden run just because I think the debates would be hilarious.
1: I can't believe Biden hasn't been me tooed. that guy's the creepiest guy. He's like a massage. Like, like there's so many images of and videos of Joe Biden massaging women who are uncomfortable. All it's crazy. That guy has not been me tooed. I,
0: I mean, everyone's going to get me tooed at some point. Uh, you know, even, a, you know, yeah. that's a scary thing. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, no, no. Everybody gets accused. At, at some point, me too is when other people collaborate that it's true. You know what I mean? Like, I've, like, like I've, I've had an accusation made against me, but it immediately went away because it wasn't true. And nobody else ha- has ever experienced that. If, if I was a bad guy, other people would be coming out saying like, yeah, he did that to me, too, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's why I think the kind of me Too movements kind of works. Cause it's like Cosby came out and you were like, oh well, Cosby's such a big star. There's gonna be some haters out there lying about him. But then when the when it, when the Me Too movement started coming out with like 10, 15, it's like, oh shit, this shit's probably true. And then it came up to what is it, like 60 something people? It's like, oh fuck. Like enough people say the same story, it's gotta be true.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, with Cosby, I was like, all right, maybe the first two are gold diggers yeah. or, or whatever. And then you literally like, I don't know if all 48 are lying.
1: The problem is that it goes from monsters like Cosby and Harvey Weinstein. And then our PC culture goes to the point where like Aziz Ansari got me to for like having a bad sexual experience with him. Yeah. I mean, she didn't say that she didn't consent. She just said she didn't enjoy it and afterwards felt awkward and that hurt his career. I mean, or or Louis CK, The only thing Louis did wrong was at one point, I think he was the head writer for Chris Rock Show, and he asked to jerk off in front of one of the other writers who was a female. Other than that, every other woman he asked wasn't in a power position of, like, sexual harassment in the workplace, and he was literally doing what you're supposed to do, ask for consent. And and it was creepy and gross, but that's not illegal, you know? And it's like... It's shaming him for being a sexual weirdo, but he's not a sexual predator for doing
0: that. I mean, uh, and I'll fight anybody on this. Bring some, it on. Yeah. yeah. Horm- <laughs> hormones is fired up. But. No, no,
1: no. I just, I'm like, I'm like, oh, what could I do to get attention to my career? be The guy who goes,
0: but yeah, dude. I no, mean, that's kidding. you could be like the uh, the Rose McGowan from Matt, <laughs> yeah. No, that we there's Terry Crews already. We got Terry Crews. Well, I got me too. By I, I mean, it's an old story I've told many times, but uh, I didn't even know. know that. Oh, yeah, the guy, uh, wait, att- an attempted right, uh, nothing happened, but like, uh, you know, never really bothered me until all this stuff started happening, and I started thinking, yeah, that was kind of fucked up uh you know because i would say it happens a lot to men by other men like being
1: groped and shit yeah i've had that happen to me i i I lived in the bay we'd go to like the castro for halloween because it'd be a big party and you would get fucking groped dick fucking butthole everything you'd get it was fucking awful and some nights i felt like like ready to fight i had my fists balled ready to like yeah it's pretty shitty Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, and, and I. But it's worse for women, I'm, I'm going to say. Oh, because, for because sure. Because I had the power of knowing I could punch somebody and have a good chance of winning that. A girl goes in like just afraid, you know.
0: But I will say, uh, you know, mentally, you know, a lot, I would say maybe anywhere from 30 to 50% of Hollywood is gay, or it doesn't really matter. Let's say 40%. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've definitely had it thrown in my face. Hey, man. <laughs> Want to be a star, and it's like, no, uh, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, so I do think it happens to men more often. Do you
1: have that guy's phone number? He's I...
0: dead now. So, uh, but this a huge <laughs> casting guy, <a> huge, <laughs> d- d- huge. That's so like funny. you don't get any bigger than this guy, and That's it's so like, funny. fuck, what am I doing? This is when I was green. Yeah. You know, and like, well, man, this guy could help me, and like.
1: Yeah. yeah, I've had I I know some people who've had similar things happen with ch- like older women. Well, that I wouldn't mind. I, yeah, still- it's not as bad. It's not as bad, and 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 most guys I think would just do it. you know? I mean, <laughs> but you know, but it is this weird thing because it's like. It's like some guys are like, yeah, I would I would have done it if it was just some random night with some lady, but but the fact that the power dyna- the power dynamic makes a difference. It makes it weirder. and It makes you feel
0: dirtier. Well, I mean, yeah, there's women who are in very, uh, you know, there's a lot of agents and managers are are, are female, and uh, yeah. you know, I don't think too many throw it out there to younger comics. Hey, uh, you know, let's get it on, and I'll make you a star, but. You know, I know I've seen some of my friends on TV who didn't deserve to be there, and I know what they did to get there. Right, uh, but you know, hey, it's
1: but I, I never got those offers because you know, ever. I've been I've been a balding
0: comic. Yeah, But you got a great mom. look, dude. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, which is half the battle uh, okay. of I don't know TV and comedy. I mean, my
1: look is just lazy because because it's like my beard. Is just strictly out of laziness and my girlfriend likes it so it's like she's cool with it being long and I'd never have to shave and and deal with that itchiness and and deal with that
0: and then uh but you, you got those Boon chakra t-shirts yeah right here you know what I'm wearing right now Yellowstone Boon chack is... uh for those of you uh, not getting the references uh He's like a local transvestite mm-hmm. who uh, steals things. or his homeless he, man. As he would say, uh, his people steal things.
1: Yeah. And well, he, one time, true story. So, so he's an old homeless man, gay, hangs out at the comedy store, sells old, stolen. And I think he steals a lot of stuff from Goodwill. I think he just goes to the donation centers and just grabs bags. But... uh, uh You might be. One time he told me when when uh, when Ferguson was going down with the police uh, protests and stuff, and Ferguson was going down in the looting. He one time told me he's like, "I'm going to get a big new shipment from Ferguson." (laughs) So, so when they loot in Ferguson, some of that stuff gets to the comedy store and gets sold for one to three dollars to to the door guys and comics.
0: Well, I think my favorite Boon Shakalaka. moments when he stole Dave Taylor's iPod. He stole his iPod or books? uh, No, he stole... Well, there's that too, but he stole Dave's iPod and then... Tried to resell it to him? Tried to sell it to Dave like five minutes later and Dave was like, "Uh, that's my iPod. (laughs) Um, Which is just another Uh, reason going back to the beginning of the podcast. That's what's great about the comedy store. (laughs) Only the comedy store. If you put
1: that in a scene... In a TV show, it would
0: seem too ridiculous and scripted. (laughs) I mean, Boone is like Bubbles from The Wire. Yeah. Like he's just some rogue, homeless, (laughs) transient. And the comedy store is the only club on earth who lets him set up shop on the patio where he can sell his CDs. I'm so
1: glad they do. Oh,
0: I love it i mean
1: last night things you know
0: but that's what gives the comedy store i think the edge over say the improv or laugh factories the improv and laugh factory would kick him out yeah dude you you can't you can't be here it's
1: too core and and it's too corporate it just feels like they're there for business whereas the comedy store feels it, it does great business but it also feels like it's
0: there as like a temple for comedy it's just, it's. I literally say this in the most affectionate way. The comedy store is like the bar in Star Wars. Just every yeah. character in the universe goes yeah. there. You could be sitting next to Christalia and to your right is, uh, you know, a, a prostitute working a Sunset. You know, because c- yeah. there's that uh, big blonde broad who uh, she's not very attractive. But she's got tattoos and just a face that looks like. Mike Tyson hit her and <laughs> um, the comedy store welcomes her. Like, yeah, come on in. Yeah, uh, so what's next, Hormos? Because I know you did you dabble into roast battle. Yeah, I've done roast battle like uh, over the years, I've done it like probably like 10 times and uh. Is it just not your thing to try and pursue it to get on the TV show or?
1: Yeah, I feel like it's just like the people who do it really well put a lot of effort into into it and they put a lot of effort into being really good at it. And when I put in all that effort into into doing Roast Battle, I feel like it makes me do not as good in writing stand up jokes. And Roast Battle is just like one night on Tuesday, you do those jokes and then they're done. And they're out in the ether. And then I I always feel like I don't like my new standup as much because I haven't been focused on it. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just it just took too much away from writing new standup. And my happiness is almost is so largely predicated on how good my new if I have a new bit that's good or a new joke or a new punch, something that, that I haven't said before that's funny and new. And when I don't, when when all the new stuff is garbage, I feel sad, and uh, and I, and so, as dope as
0: a TV credit on roast battle would be, well, it doesn't really it. help you to be honest.
1: Yeah, it would have been great.
0: So I think Hollywood looks at it as all right, uh, you know. The it's writing- just so
1: much work though. It's very and, stressful. And it's so stressful, and it's a it's like the the guys who do it. They f- I feel like they focus on that for weeks before and they write every day as if, it, you know, and it's like, I want to do that towards making my standup better. And I mean, obviously, if, if I could get on the show, I would, you know, I would thank Jeff and Moses and, and and work super hard for that battle on the show. But I feel like to get to that level, I would have to start battling, you know, every couple weeks again and making roast battle a priority over
0: stand-up and i'm just i just don't want to do it yeah i get it i mean it's uh i think a lot of people think it's going to make them a star which is like th- the funny thing to see like tonight it's it'll be roast battle and it's a i think it's a big deal tonight because there's some pretty good battles who and,
1: are battling do you know
0: uh you know i don't want to say their names some of them but uh you know it's like a big night but people then from the tv show yeah, for the most part. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, like I'm judging and Jeff is judging. And, you know, I, I've called out Jeff on, you know, I want to battle him. Right. So I think people would be interested in that yeah. uh, interaction. Um, so, uh, you, you know, but, you know, you'll see people tonight walk around like roast battle, basically only comics, like they own the place. And then tomorrow you'll see the same people and nobody talks to them. Right. You know, it's just so funny to me to watch, you know, right. uh, but yeah. it's amazing. Moses, it's amazing how he's kept it for five years. I've never seen, i someone's yeah. been in comedy for 20, basically 20 years in LA and you've probably seen it in the eight years you've been, you know, you take a popular show. It, it's popular for maybe a year, maybe two, yeah. but five. Yeah. It, it's unheard of. So yeah. that's Brian's right. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and to deal with all the people he has to deal with, you know, you got to get people to judge every week. You got to get, but I also, speaking of them feeling
1: like they own the place on Tuesdays, I am not really there that much on Tuesdays anymore. Cause it's just so busy. And, and unless one of unless one of my buddies is battling or I've got a spot on the show or I'm working, I, I just don't like being in such tight, confined spaces. But if you are one of those people who roast battles a lot, and makes that show dope, you know, on Tuesdays, you should have a little bit more swagger and feel like, you know, more accepted and more able to, you know, own the place because you're, you're helping because Moses is a great job. And what Moses is a really great job of is getting roasters to keep doing it and feel appreciated that they keep coming back.
0: I mean, it's a tough, uh, you know, I, I feel bad for some of them like Omid Singh and Doug Fager like, I think they should have been on the TV show. Wasn't Doug? No. No? Um, but, you know, like, he's had some of the greatest moments in the history yeah. of roast battle. Yeah, Doug's the, great. The belly room roast battle. Uh, and, you know, Omid's battled, like, 25 times. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you know, just when you I see. I not Omid? Omid's ethnic, too. Omid, Omid is, like. You catch think boxes, yeah, but so do you, though. Like, you know, roast
1: battle to me at this point is, but I've done it like I haven't done it in a couple of years much, yeah, like once a year, maybe the last couple of years. But 20, like, I, my, most of my roast battles were like the first couple of years.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember uh, some of your OG uh roast battles, but that to me is when I enjoyed the show the most. Me too. Real- No one was... Don't say me too. Uh, Hello. Uh, Time's up. But but the... Hello. Uh, But that's when the show, like, no one was trying to get on TV. It was just literally, you know, like, if you and me battled... Yeah, talking shit, but I want to write better jokes than hormones. Yeah. You know, it's, I want to get on TV before him, and, you know, I want to be at, you know, Jeff's next pool party. Right. (laughs) Um, You know, and the celebrity judges were like, and that's all Jeff. You know, Jeff would bring in Chappelle and John Mayer, and it was just such an energy in the room. Yeah. Now you see people judging who couldn't get on Roast Battle Season 3. It's like, oh, this, I don't know. Yeah. Jumped the shark a little bit. There's a popular opinion. Yeah. I'll go against the grain. I didn't even know that.
1: Because I, because I literally haven't watched it in a while. The last couple times I've watched it has just been through the, the app, yeah. Right. Because it's so convenient. I, but uh, but yeah, the judges, they don't get Chappelle
0: anymore. They don't I get mean, Rogan. Not really? Occasionally. occasionally? You know, now you get, like, people who, I mean, I guess you'd say they're popular on the show, like, you know, say me and Hooper and Joe Dosh, but, you know, back in, yeah. you know, I don't think you really see Dennis Rodman coming in anymore. But you know, a couple I think a month ago Hugh Jackman was there judging. Yeah. So uh it's still the best show in LA, I think, in terms yeah. of uh You never know who's gonna be up there either. Yeah. But that's what I love the first couple years about it, is you never knew what was gonna happen. I remember one year Drake had his people had called
1: and said that he was coming in. I think he wanted to check out Roast Battle, but then he came in early and 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 watched uh this was when tuesdays was i think super tuesdays with red grant right and he came and watched red for a while and then went on stage with red and they you know red grant's show would just be playing music the whole time and dancing and shit and he played some of drake's stuff and drake got on stage and then uh i think he was just tired it's just touching it it goes on so late (laughs) that uh that sometimes even the celebrities don't want to stay that late yeah i mean i think uh you know but it is such a good show if it if if you've never been i've i've also we've also both like seen hundreds of battles but if you've never been and you go into this like in dank room, all tightly packed and everybody's screaming and shit. It, it is really fun. And then people say when it's a good battle with really well, like Joe Dosh versus Jamar neighbors, or maybe the best battle I ever, one of the best battles ever was Pete C versus Frank Castillo. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, this is back in the day, Frank Castillo roast battle champion season two versus Pete C who, who should be on the TV show because Pete C anytime they needed somebody to battle Pete was down to battle anybody at any time
0: and he really would put in effort to to write amazing jokes well he's dangerous cuz he's not a comic yeah uh, he's funny enough to be one but like he doesn't give a fuck like yeah. he doesn't care if you think he's funny cuz no. he, he has no uh, uh, stake in the game of being passed at the store Yeah. Uh, he just enjoys writing mean jokes
1: i mean he almost beat Saratiana. Tiana I uh, thought he deserved to beat her, but it, it's just hard to sometimes it's hard to beat a woman in a judging contest. Sarah's like was, tough. Sarah's I mean. amazing. But when he said, uh, I think the biggest laugh of that night was. Uh, uh. I, I tried to get into her pants, but they were too big for me. <laughs> I think that one, I think, hit the hardest.
0: Yeah, I mean, because I remember that Ari Shafir was judging, and uh, he had some pretty good zingers. But, uh, I mean, Sarah, I lost to her in Montreal because she's just, you know. you Great joke wanna... writer. Oh, well, she and, and her, she's so charming. Southern that's charm, the thing. Yeah. Like, I knew if I hit her with a whatever joke, she was just a smile uh yeah i was like fuck but you know i went in too soft that was my problem i didn't go hard and that was a a major mistake because she jumped on me the first joke killed me and I,
1: yeah and it's like you that's like the thing with rose battle is like sometimes you don't know does this audience want should i go in slowly and then build up to something really mean or just come out ripping sometimes sometimes my problem has been i've come out with like the meanest joke first
0: and i should have worked my way into being like that mean i mean like like if you and me battled you know we could rip each other apart it's just two weird looking dudes yeah, yeah. you know I, I i like to go hard right out of the shoot. yeah you, know? <laughs> but you can't do that with a girl you come off like a bully yeah that's but then true. you know mike lawrence against tiano came out like th- brutal hard and they won so uh
1: yeah but like but mike also like he doesn't come across as like a bully even though he's like really mean and comes up with some of the worst things to say he comes across as like almost frail and he's like he's he's curled in on himself on stage you know what i mean he's he's not standing up there chest out should, you know, it's it's like the bully saying something back almost or the kid who's getting bullied saying something back, which is an interesting dynamic that, that he has.
0: See, I liked battling him because I thought, OK, I can just rip this guy apart and not look like a bully. Uh, I love battling guys because I've only lost to women, So, uh, you know, it's an interesting a strategic dynamic to. You know, I think the only woman I ever battled was Virginia Collins. <laughs> and she, that was tough because yeah. at the time she was dating Jeff. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. uh, and Jeff's pretty fair with the judging. But uh, like, yeah. You know, you definitely won that. I murdered her. But, you know, I've seen that happen before. Like.
1: I know. was, I was, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. But, you know, but I'm the same way. I hold on to, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm
1: over it. I, I get it. That's just fucking Hollywood
0: yeah but i'm bringing it up so like you know i think this show definitely has favorites but you know, <laughs> and, you know no, I,
1: I remember i remember one of the paid regulars told me that they got a text from one of the judges on that battle telling them that he had to vote against me because it was yeah he's like he's like He's like, yeah, I had to do it because, and I was like, I was like, my buddy told me this. He was like, it's just so you know, it really, it's not even just in your head. It's like, I'm like, I knew it wasn't in my head. Like, there's just no way that the vote could have gone that way without it being rigged. But, but you get competitive. It, it definitely. Oh, I worked so hard on that battle. Oh my God. I was like, I was like, what? Like, I was like, oh, it's Jeff's, uh, whatever. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking murder, and I and I did research with like some people who told me some shit that was like secret shit that nobody knew about, and I just dropped it in the room that day. And just watched everybody squirm. Oh, it was so fun. But well, see, that's what I loved about the early days of <laughs> the Early of Rose days, Battle. yeah. You would like ruin lives in, but not on camera. There was no there's no footage of it, but you're like everybody in the rooms relationships are gonna be different after this gets revealed. Oh, yeah,
0: I mean I battled two girlfriends and literally both times within a month, I would you know, the yeah, either the sucks. breakup hat well, you know, I mean in theory, I think in both cases we want we both wanted like the attention. And oh, yeah, this will be fun. It won't affect us. And it, right. you know, if you're calling your girlfriend at the time fat or whatever, and obviously you're. <laughs> yeah, just, that, that's going to affect the stuff. Oh, you think I would have learned after the first one. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the second one. Was, that's the thing. Like, you might love that girlfriend, but not as
1: much as you love your comedy career. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> you, know? you,
0: you, you love attention even more. And, uh, you know, I, I will never battle someone I'm dating again. Yeah. Just, it doesn't work out uh but dude hormos this was great super fun thank you uh, oh thank you i mean that you're someone who like like i said i've known you for seven eight years yeah you know uh didn't really know much about you and and now i do and oh, yeah. hopefully the fans do uh any big shows i know uh you got some good yeah. gigs coming up and i mean it's just most of my shows are just at the comedy
1: store you know, whatever development spots I end up getting. And, Do you have a spot and, this week? I don't know. They, they, today is when they would call and tell me. But uh, I'll tweet yeah. any spots I get. Not hormones or on Instagram, not hormones.
0: And that's at N-O-T... H O R M O N E S. He's got a Facebook, but it's for his friends. So uh if really we're friends,
1: go ahead, hit me up.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean Hormoz Rashidi. Put it this way, if you can spell his last name correctly and find him, he'll probably add you. I'm not, Usually <laughs> I would tell someone, "Hey, spell your last name just so that" It's Hormoz Rashidi. If you can find him on Facebook with the proper spelling, he'll probably add you. You got to put a little effort in. Do you have any like, because I know you did a great web series, Apartment 9. Apartment 9. With the great Adam Chudwin. Adam Chudwin, Abby Roberge, and Alex Phillips. The
1: Canadian. Produced it. The Canadian Uh, favorites. Greg Wonder directed.
0: Abby Roberge. Renee uh, Lancaster had a, had a cameo. I believe at one point I was in discussions to play Chudwin's dad. I, uh, I think, in, I think he, we were trying to get you, but I think you just couldn't show up. So we instead
1: had Chudwin dress in a, like an old man costume. <laughs> and, and I instead.
0: believe uh, me and Whitney Rice were supposed to play yeah. uh, Chudwin's parents. And
1: then I also have a podcast called yes. Political Potluck. And what's it about? It's just comics getting around, talking about what's going on in politics. And it's like, it's like McLaughlin group. If you've ever seen that show, but with idiots who don't know much about the serious topics. And then I also, I'm thinking about starting a new podcast of just the comedy store door guys talking shit on Mondays. It's like we always hang out and talk shit and smoke weed and chill. I'm thinking like we should just hit record and start a new podcast of just the door guys talking shit.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good angle. It's kind of like uh, Eleanor and Rick, uh, Eleanor Kerrigan and Rick What Ingram. they do with the paid regulars. Paid regulars. Exactly. And, uh, you know, maybe you can interview Darren Davis and see why he walks around <laughs> with a uh, comedy store t shirt on all the time. Hey. Uh, that, that's inside baseball. <laughs> so, I like Darren. Oh, Darren's cool. Darren's always good to me. I just, you know, I thought he. I thought he was a door guy for the longest time. I think he's hoping. He's hoping. I think everybody hates because they're, they're like, oh, he's not a door guy. But
1: it's like, hey, man, if I wasn't a door guy, I would be doing whatever I could to try and become a door guy. Yeah, he's a good
0: guy. So he's a good guy, yeah. Um, um, I need beef with him. So, uh, yeah, if you, next time you're at the comedy store, and you should go up there a lot because it's like the lineups are incredibly strong. Say hello to Hormos. Uh, you know, uh, can people find your podcast on iTunes? Yeah. And uh, what's it called
1: again? political potluck you can just go to my website hormozrashidi.com.
0: if you can spell hormos last name it's hormos rashidi uh you know it, it's I, i'm pretty sure if you throw it into google that yeah. correct pronunciation if you misspell it will come up uh his website you can uh, see stand-up clips you could see uh his web series apartment nine his podcast links uh get a picture and you know contact him if you got a gig for him he's really funny Hell yeah. uh, super funny dude and uh this will be out uh, today. Uh, so uh, if you're around the Comedy Store, you can see me judge roast battle tonight. If not, I got a spot there Thursday, 1215. Hormones might be on the same show. Uh, Maybe. We'll hopefully. Become fans of Hormones. Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Please leave a review on iTunes. It helps with the numbers. It helps with the reviews. The more reviews and uh ratings you leave uh the higher daddy moves up the charts oh yeah someone reported me for a music violation which was false an allegation that was proven incorrect and i was temporarily taken off the itunes chart i will find out who did that probably some loser roast battle comic who's jealous of daddy's success yes two of the tv shows i was on are canceled but you know guess what you losers Two canceled shows is better than not being on two uh, at let all. Me, can,
1: I, can I say something real quick? Please, please. The fact that I'm dying up here is canceled bums me out so much because that show is fucking amazing. It was like up there with the best of dramatic television. And I'm not even just saying that because a bunch of my buddies are on it.
0: I mean, that show is... Uh Typical of, of how how I don't understand Hollywood. And, you know, I was an incredibly small part of that show. So I'm not trying to act like I was up there with Santino or right. Eric or Madrigal. Uh, Santino but, is amazing in that. Dude, he did a scene, and I told him this the other night in the kitchen at the store. Uh, the last episode, he has a scene when we're all in the diner, and he's rallying the mm-hmm. troops, and he's giving, like, this kurt russell and miracle type speech of rallying us and then uh melissa leo comes in and they have this like i I don't know how long it was uh, maybe a two-minute scene together Mm -hmm. and she's an oscar winner yeah she's the real deal and santino held his own like you would not if you said to anyone watching that clip tell me who the oscar winner was some people would say santino yeah uh and it just you know i talking about this the other day with someone, uh, on why it it didn't, you know, never really found its legs in the ratings. Uh, uh, but I thought Showtime would, would realize that like
1: the rich people who pay for that subscription, they want that kind of quality, but I, I bet, I bet they do their own whatever metrics is. I just
0: want to say that show was amazing and you should be proud to be a part of it. Oh, it was an honor, even though I was such a small part of it. Uh, but like, I think part of it was that they didn't have great social media yeah like you know the, I think their Twitter page had maybe twenty two hundred fans uh That's and crazy. Their instagram it was the same and and you hate to go a great show can be taken down by not having a lot of followers on instagram, but in this uh environment, yeah so stupid i know it's i mean the acting was unbelievable the dom Herrera was great in it uh, maybe, brad, maybe
1: they, if they release it on oh whatever they should release it on hulu or netflix or something like that get a following because i'm dying up here didn't have a very good fan base until it got on netflix uh
0: i mean not i'm dying uh breaking bad i mean right i mean brad garrett should have gotten an emmy uh, so good i mean so uh you know it's a you know it's a fascinating lesson in uh you know, the world of the why shows get canceled and, and why some big brother is on its 20th season. Yeah, that's just so cheap to make, though. You know, oh, I get set it. Set up cameras. Well, so them. is Roast Battle. I think that's in yeah. part why it's... I mean, I made about 20 grand, uh, and I don't say that to impress anyone, in the tournament format, because you got paid the more you won. Nice. Uh, but, I mean, I'm assuming season three, it's just one battle. You know, you get the SAG day rate, and, you know, the ratings were great. Uh, so it all it does boil down to how cheap can we do this for yeah uh, so uh, welcome to Hollywood guys <laughs> I love you all Hormoz Rashidi Thank is the you man uh, inappropriate Earl SoundCloud and iTunes leave a review and uh, you know I'm dropping a special bonus episode this week uh, of when I invaded the comedy central building uh, and because of those of you who don't listen to the Roast Battle podcast which you should see I'll plug a, a show that had it in for me from day one uh, <laughs> you know they tried to take me out they didn't happen i'm like the predator i bleed but you can't kill me uh i'm gonna release the uh episode i recorded be a coach t the brains of the show so i love you all inappropriate earl and just remember all you roast battle fat out of shape open micers you'll never be at a higher level than me you pigs so you can Gas up the car. You can go to Fresno and play some (laughs) shit bar show while daddy's getting his spots at the comedy store. And you guys are getting spots at the Norms off the fucking five right before you hit Modesto, you fucking losers. I'm going to find out who reported me for a music violation, and I'm going to make your life hell, as you can judge by how I... Took on Comedy Central, Viacom, and Roast Battle. I hold grudges, and I do a lot of behind-the-scenes work because I got money, a big dick, a leased Dodge Hellcat that only has 18 more months, while all you slobs have to have five roommates just to make the rent. You pigs! You'll never take me down. If I don't have it, I don't want it.